good evening everybody this is queen city q i use they them pronouns you can call me queen or q for short um and welcome to qcq um as always we start every single podcast every single stream talking about pronouns because it is important um trends and gender dis- uh, visibility matters not just during trans week of awareness not just during pride and not just during our times of tragedy but every single day of the year by making it a more regular part of conversation we make it easier for people in the gender diverse community to be their authentic selves without having to worry about outing themselves um for those of you who are watching uh visually and have noticed that i look like i'm wearing a snapchat filter that's all real baby um (laughs) my uh friend uh knew somebody who was doing a little makeup project for pride and needed models and that's what I did and it was too pretty for me to wash out and also I didn't want to have to worry about taking off all these little boots um so they're gonna have to deal with the sparkle which I know so hard (laughs) um that being said we are going to move into our guest who is just bringing all the sparkles into chat um, and we'll also win you over with our sparkling personality. Um, we are bringing in Meowster. Hello. Meowdy, meowdy folks. <laughs> this is gender Meowster. Um, so Meowster, if you don't mind, uh, do you want to just introduce yourself to everybody? Yes. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Gender Meowster. I am use they them pronouns. I am a non-binary trans masculine uh, Twitch streamer, a variety streamer, do a lot of comfy, cozy games, usually sort of 11 to 2 Pacific, so daytime, Monday through Thursday, but we do have occasional evening streams, and my sort of, I guess, flagship uh, stream is the Genderful Talk Show, which is also a podcast, and all the VODs are on. Um, we talk about gender and sort of the uh, the connections between gender and different special interests or identities. Um, and Queen City Q was actually our last guest on Genderful. And so those podcast episodes and VODs and things will be available as soon as my wonderful editing team gets around to it. It's a holiday weekend, so I didn't want to push people to work on the weekend. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, if you like this kind of content that we have here, um, and even if you don't because you want to hear more about actual gender and stuff, definitely give them a follow um, at twitch.tv.gendermaster. Also, if you just want to watch a channel with cool, chill like vibes with some really awesome people in a really cool community, I recommend following them. Um, I have a tendency to be really lurky in Jowder Master's um, chat just because, like, it's a really, like, wholesome environment. And, like, if I ever have, like, a really, like, stressful day or whatever, I can just, like, go there and rewind. And, like, people are just themselves. You don't have to worry about explaining anything gender-wise because people are informed. And if they don't know, they, like, put the ambition to learn. And I just adore it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. That's very kind. I do try to give my fellow streamer pals shoutouts if they show up at the beginning of my stream. Mm-hmm. And we have the clips that we'll play, and that's super fun. Yeah. And um, I always have to give people content warnings for years because it's often a spooky thing, and you're doing a, a jump scare <laughs> yes. shriek that's so adorable. Yes. Um, yeah. I guess the other thing, the one other thing I forgot to mention is we have a really great Discord server Yes. Um, in my community, and there's, like, all of these... Um, questioning spaces so if you're like maybe i'm trans i don't know i think things about trans sometimes or if you're like i don't know if i'm plural what's a plural maybe i um 
we have five different categories for those who are just trying to figure things out, including like um, disability, neurodiversity, gender, sexuality, and plurality. So yeah. it's really lovely. I feel like our meme game is pretty strong, and if yes. you're like, you know, gender nonconforming of some flavor, and you want to post a selfie, we will tell you how great you look in the gendered language you prefer. So if you want to post and say, you know, masculine compliments only, or masculine and non-binary compliments, or whatever, we will lift you up with all of the wholesomeness. Yes. We're just aggressively wholesome. It's really cute. And, and like, <laughs> the thing is, like, that is actually, <laughs> it sounds like a weird way to describe it, but it really is the most, like, accurate way to describe, I think, the community that you have is, like, aggressively wholesome. <laughs> like, you normally wouldn't put those two phrases together, but there's no real other way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. It's so great. Um, um, so... Yeah. So the topics we were just thinking about discussing today, um, we will go into the tier list this topic later, which I'm, I'm sure you have a lot to say about. Um, but before that, we were going to talk about tabletops. And I know a lot of people, when they think about tabletops, they think about stuff like Monopoly, um, sorry, Dungeons and Dragons. But um, there's so much more as somebody who has you know, over a hundred board games in their house. Um, I know that. Awesome. <laughs> um, and I know that you know that too. Um, as far as uh, tabletops, what are your particular favorites? Oh, goodness. Okay, so there's board games and then there's like tabletop role-playing games. And yeah. in my brain, those are two different categories that are both exciting to talk about. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, like, my favorite one is a combination of both, which is great. Um, why don't we talk, start with, like, role-playing ones? Okay. So there is this this tabletop role-playing game that just came out. Um, oh, when did that come out? In the last couple months, it was kickstarted. It's called Thirsty Sword Lesbians. <laughs> I already love it's this. Like <laughs> all about, it's, like, all about feelings. Okay. And um, so it's like uh, there's it's all about like building relationships between not only the people in the party but also the NPCs and like you can resolve fights with making out and <laughs> it's just like so gay and wonderful there's also like the book even says on the back like what if not thirsty what if not swords what if not lesbians and so it's like you know the, the so the creator is a a white trans woman lawyer okay. and she worked with five bipoc writers to create this book and a bunch of the adventures and stories that are within it and so it's really it's really very wonderful um and i can totally find you a link to share with your community yeah um we have us so it's it's such a good time we have a section in our discord um specifically about the podcast you can definitely throw that in there so anybody who's listening can find it um i'm super into this and um i mean my favorite part about tabletop like rpgs is making the story like i have never been one in DD to like love the idea of going into a fight and taking turns and like that kind of stuff i like when people and like by my best dms used to give us bonus points for that because for telling a story not just saying i hit them you hit me but like making that narrative um 
so like hearing that there's a tabletop that uh is also the same um sounds amazing to me um like a lot um like my i i have two tabletops that i'm actually really into um like tabletop rpgs and one uh as problematic as the person who made the lore is um is the eldritch horror one um just because it is a very simple streamlined rpg system um your stats are very easy to understand very like you look at it boom you're done um so it's easy to pick up it can be done in modern times or it can be done in past and the, the points change just a little bit depending on which one you're doing um and just overall it's just a very very lovely little game and also i just really like the eldritch lore um because i'm a huge horror buff but i also really like the idea of like otherworldliness and traveling realms but there's another one that i need to yet play but i have read so much about which is mage of the ascension um have you heard of that one by any chance i haven't so mage of the ascension it's uh comes out of the world of darkness series um and the way that it works is in their world mages are people who can basically manipulate reality you can do all that kind of stuff and how reality works in that game is it is universally agreed consensus so if everybody thinks that like uh, a rock is hard rocks are hard but when you're a mage what it is is you realize that that reality is malleable and you can change it to to your whim and depending on your like what kind of mage you are depends on what you can do and one of the things that got me really hooked on it though is say you're in a battle and you cast a thunderbolt on somebody and then as you're doing that just a regular schmo who you know doesn't know about magic believes in the world as we know it walks in you actually have to do your skill checks against them seeing the magic happen or alter reality so it makes sense in their brain so that reality doesn't collapse on itself so if you shock something and then you know somebody walks by who doesn't understand magic sees it you either have to make a power line break so that they can reason it in their head that that's why there is electricity um or lie to them and convince them otherwise because if they find out about magic it actually causes a warp in reality that can potentially like suck y'all in and make bad stuff happen it's the coolest game mechanic i have ever seen in a game um because it's all about reality and paradoxes i definitely and like it's got a little bit more of a role play spirit because of the fact that like you're altering reality and you have to justify it to people which i love um I, is there any other tabletops that you're particularly oh, there's, there's so many so <laughs> um so my friend has mm -hmm. been developing this setting for a while yeah. and um when we decided in december to move away from dungeons and dragons we had to go yeah. on like a quest to find what are what are other tabletop games that uh address uh race and gender better and, um, and it's a huge problem in D D. It totally is. Like I, I, I don't know how comfortable you feel talking about it. 
I totally I could talk about it for a minute. Oh, so, yeah. um, so the the way that Dungeons and Dragons has done character creation is when you are building a character, you pick a race for your character, and you have racial stats based on your character. Mm. Um, and so they they categorize entire groups of people as being good at one particular thing, mm. um, which is really problematic uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, that's very much proof for racism yeah. in real life. So uh, beyond that, the way that the, the modules are written at times is they also, you know, have monstrous races that are humanoid. Um, mm -hmm. And so orcs are the, the easiest example. You know, you have these human-shaped people that are um, sort of categorized in a very specific way. It's very reductive, and um, also just, I don't know, comes across as not cool. Not yeah. cool, bro. And, <laughs> I mean, it, it. and this is just, like, from my knowledge of it and having discussions about it, there's a reason for that, and that's because a lot of fantasy stuff that uh dungeon and dragons is kind of took its inspiration for all that from comes from famous writers and stuff like that uh like tolkien and to like because elves before tolkien for example weren't thin tall people they were these little cute little sprite looking things uh but there's this narrative in dungeons and dragons particularly that certain races are inherently evil and one yeah and the thing is those races have certain things in common for example they usually have darker skin uh orcs were very much braced off of uh characteristically black features and that's not by coincidence that was by design so the thing with D, &D Go is goblins are based off of jewish folks so exactly um so there is definitely underlying underlining race problems in D, D that are not just in game they are based off of race problems that are in real life and it is important to address it and i'm not telling people they can't enjoy dungeons and dragons but you have to be conscious and aware of that while you're doing that uh, and, and get those conversations going because the thing is when we don't have those conversations that's how we make things okay um, and by having those conversations in a healthy way that's how we fix those problems yeah yeah another another example is the first Ravenloft is very problematic for the Romani people yeah which some people use a a slang word that starts with the letter G yeah for those folks um yeah. And they actually, the newest book they're releasing is a, a redo of the Ravenloft stuff. I haven't mm -hmm. read it personally. Um, yeah. I've stopped giving Wizards of the Coast my money um, yeah. for those games because there's just so many like indie creators that are doing great things. Yeah. Um, but I guess the 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 other piece I wanted to mention along these lines is there are some resources that people who love D and D have tried to create for folks to. Um, sort of modify Dungeons and Dragons and play it better. Um, mm -hmm. So there's an ancestry and culture thing. Um, I'll go find it in a minute. Yeah. 
and um, there's also I think it's something like an orc and an elf had a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, just writing that down. Um, and so there are ways that people have sort of hacked the system to offer different options. Yeah. Um, and if you are homebrewing your own world then you can decide what races are in it and what they do and all of those pieces. But um, my personal opinion or choice has been instead of trying to fix something that's broken, why don't I just pick something that was designed better from the beginning that had sure. diversity in mind from the beginning? Sure. Because the other thing with Wizards of the Coast, if you look at the Candlekeep Mysteries book that came out, mm-hmm. um, the, there's a bunch of writers that wrote for it. There's disabled folks, there's people of yep. color, um, and more and they had one shot to write for it they wrote one thing they had no ability to edit other people edited their words without their consent or participation mm-hmm. and um you know there's all these folks that are saying look they cut out all the stuff that was meaningful they cut out all of the things that were actually culturally imp- important mm-hmm. um for whatever reason and you know you hear writers from from D and wizards talking all the time about their struggles with Wizards of the Coast and how, um, you know, they're getting underpaid, underappreciated, like, they keep protecting cishet white men who are uh, doing horrible things and saying horrible things, and, um, you know, D&D is all based on Gary Gygax, and if you look at some of, of Gygax's early writings, it is super sexist, super racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, there's there's other stuff out there <laughs> made by like queer, disabled people of color, BIPOC, etc. Yeah, folks, and, and it's great. And the thing is, and I will I will say this is D- Dungeons and Dragons is really just a a really fancy regulated formula for math equations, <laughs> um, and there is so many better ones out there in my opinion that are more streamlined or easier to understand or just like make more sense um by much smaller companies that you can like don't have the same feel the love and care in it you can feel the love and care in it (laughs) right and yeah and exactly as you said they don't have the mark and i don't even know if it's marketing anymore for wizard of the coast as much as they just like coast on their name eh Okay. <laughs> they, they do put a lot of money into their marketing engine and yeah. like if you look at all the the friendly local game stores they all have eventually right like you can expect to go to your friendly local game store mm-hmm. and play D&D but yeah. do they have adventure league type things for other tabletop games they don't they don't have pickup games for any other things yeah you and, know, and it's not being done and if it's not it's always like Warhammer or magic like all the all the events are coming from wizard of coast for sure yeah you're you're 100 right so it's like you know they they are so ingrained um and all the indie creators they just don't have the the clout and marketing dollars to to make it big and so that's actually why tabletop role-playing game twitter is really great mm-hmm. uh, because we get to all learn about each other's games and the other thing is like Rules light games are better for people who are neurodivergent, like me, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, if I have to read a 300-page book in order to play a game, I am going to fail. 
Also, I've consistently failed at that task. Also, I like, and just from my experience too, like rules light games tend to be more fun because they rely on like the collaborative workings of all the people there and when you have multiple people who are in a game together and they're creating together it's a lot more fun than following some rules that were made by like some guy that's not really involved um like i don't care about the flavor text of something that i wasn't really involved with but when you know as a bunch of friends um you can make your own world and i think that's what really makes tabletop rpgs great you know yeah i have really enjoyed uh one page rpgs so much and the latest thing i'm grooving on is gmless role-playing games like games with with no gms okay. um yeah so just this last week on my show we had um we played Green Hollow, maybe it was two weeks ago, week and a half. Um, and we played Green Hollow, and it was like, there's no dice, there's no GMs. You like mm -hmm. show up and you have prompts and you take turns sort of telling the story. And it was really wholesome. Like, we had like a couple of choices that were like the stock problems you could solve, or you could come up with your own. And so we decided in like 3000 BCE, we were going to throw our, the first Pride Parade that ever happened. <laughs> Okay. And it was so much fun to like go through and like have the prompts and we answer them and it's very like the rules of improv, like the yes and and the supporting each other and the working through things together and um it was just such a lovely game. Um and there so that's from um Amble Studio, mm -hmm. which is based down in Australia. So that's right. the other fun thing is, you know, doing all the indie TTRPG stuff is you meet people from all over the world who are big, wonderful nerds. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, the, Logan was the, the person from the team at Green Hall or at, um, Ample Studio who played with us. And Logan has all of these great, like, little sweet games on his itch.io, and Logan's a, a trans man. Nice. And so it's like this, this lovely, like, trans man tabletop creator like hangs out with me and now we have these cute little twitter interactions and it's really wholesome and great <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> so fun i just love making friends with like other people who are this nerdy about tabletop stuff <laughs> and the i mean the one of the cool things with the indie tabletop is like you can actually talk to the person who made the thing yeah and like have rapport and a relationship like you know yeah. there's no way that people it at Dungeons and Dragons give a shit about me. Like, yeah. they're too busy. They have too many things going on. But, like, you know, Logan's just hanging out. Just like, hey, friend, how's it going? Yeah. It's so cute. I love it so much. <laughs> and, like, I mean, like, with that, like, those those creators are hyped about you being excited about what they're excited about, right? Yeah, Where, exactly. you know, Wizards of the Coast is like, oh, well, like, you're going to buy our products. We don't care about every single person who's going to do it. And it's way, it's way more fun to be involved with something where somebody's excited about you being excited about it, you know? Exactly right. Uh, totally exactly right. So speaking of the difference between tabletops and, like, traditional, well, I guess more traditional-style board games, uh, one of mine is actually kind of a hybrid, which is uh, Mansions of Madness, which is essentially, like you said, 
an adventure without a, a DM. And the way they did that now with technology is before it was a person who set up your little one-shot adventure, but now they have an app that does all of it for you, and it's so cool. Uh, that's definitely one of my favorite like games like that. Um, but I've been finding a lot of weird ones that not necessarily are ones that I thought I would enjoy, but I do like uh, Mysterium, which is basically... Uh, a cooperative clue about like a cooperative clue it's it's really interesting um have you heard of that one before <laughs> yeah so it, it's got a really cool premise um where one person is a ghost trying to help everybody else solve a mystery by finding out like the potential rooms the potential uh like potential everything but the interesting about it is how the ghost communicates is they can't speak to them they send them visions which are literally just cards of people's independently made art and trying to find these like really artistic um almost like alice in wonderland inspired uh like oil painted type looking cards that might correspond with something in the room so you know the room that they're talking about happens to be, you know, a fishing room. And so you're sending them cards that have like a fish in one or like are very ocean in theme. Or, you know, if everybody is able to see it in full color, you know, they have blue. Um, so that kind of aspect, which is really interesting about how they communicate in other ways than just the simpler stuff. Uh, and I really, really like that aspect of it. And I... it sounds like it also like invites people to focus on creative problem solving and being descriptive with their language. Exactly, because the thing is, you can't, and it's not even language, because you can't talk. Like the ghost can't talk to the people. So it's it's kind of bringing this new way to communicate, and you don't. Know, finding different ways to communicate each other other than spoken word which is actually interesting because i think a lot of people kind of have this ableist view of there's only a couple of ways to communicate and when you get games like that that kind of challenge the social norms of how to communicate i think it also kind of helps people's society to think like how you, like how do I say something to somebody who may not speak the same language of me or n may not speak at all also it's really pretty <laughs> to look at yes so there's definitely so many games out there that people don't understand uh, are out there that are super easy to pick up or super unique and super different and aren't problematic like Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. Oh goodness, that game. Yeah. Well, we found the transphobic card, we ripped it and threw it in the trash. Which one? <laughs> I, I forget. It's been years. It's been years and years. Yeah, that's, 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 my, that's my thing with uh, Cards Against Humanity. It's one of those which ones, right? Like... The, and I've said this before whenever we host Jackbox and stuff here. If you can't be funny without being insulting to somebody's life situation, um, any abilities they may or may not have, their race, their gender, anything like that, you're just not funny. Yeah. 
and that's all though that that game really is and there's even and because that game came out and it became really popular we got a whole bunch more like that and a problem with those kind of games is that they're setting up this narrative that like you can insult somebody to be funny and insulting things about people is funny and I was always I had a friend who kind of taught me this lesson which if you're going to comment on something about somebody and they can't change it in five seconds they probably already know and if it's a negative you don't need to compliment it like or comment on it like that that's generally what it comes down to uh speaking of those though is there any kind of unique games that you personally love with your friends yeah um i mostly in the last year or so have been playing board games or tabletop non-role-playing games uh mm -hmm. with my family so i have my wife and then her two kids so my stepkids who are yeah. uh, 13 and 15. okay so that's the just for context of the the age appropriateness yes um you know they they're more likely to draw genitals on things than i am in <laughs> dictionary-esque games so you know they're yes. pretty i don't know i feel like the internet has really matured our youth well, I don't know about matured. Uh, it exposed them to a lot of information there we go. at a younger age than I ever had. Yes. Um, which is entertaining. Um, so I have at least two things to share on this topic. So one is um, my so my wife is a, a principal software engineer. She's very good at computer things. Okay. Our brains are very different. I'm like art brain, and she's like computing, knowing the maths. Or knowing how to do computers that do the maths, yeah. um, code, writing, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So she likes numbers a lot. And um, we have Romy Cube as apps on our phone, which is it, it's an old game. It's not mm -hmm. super new. It's very old. Um, but she plays it every night is the way that she kind of winds down at the end of her day is she just, you know, is doing the numbers thing. And it's one in the morning. And she's doing that while she's sort of dozing at the end of her day, <clears throat> which is cute. Um, and so I've started playing with her sometimes at night when we're both winding down. And there's times that I win and I feel like champ. It's very fun. <laughs> um, so anyways, it's, I don't know, something about that game is just kind of cute. But um, the other game that my family has been sort of uh, enjoying regularly and wholeheartedly is called Machi Koro. Okay. And it's... Um, it's kind of like if Monopoly was cute in Japanese and less awful. <laughs> it's a city builder. You build cities. Okay. And um, it's a... It's, I don't know if I would call it a deck building game. I have a, I have a friend who is way better at talking about like board game tabletop type stuff. And yeah. TTRPGs. But, um, but you you have your cards in front of you and you roll your dice and it generates income when you get certain numbers and um, you just build up your little city and the way that i like to play it is we name our little towns and we like tell little stories about them mm -hmm. so like as we get a new business or something as part of our town then we tell a story about what happened in the town that now we have a cafe or what happened in the town that now we have a fishing boat or whatever else we have and so it's just sort of, it's cute and it's fun, and I usually win because I'm ridiculous and have played it so many times in so many parties. 
I love how you just made, you made that game so wholesome and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love it so much. So for me, it's it's less about like uh, bragging about winning and it's more about like, oh, it's so fun to like yeah. build your little city and do your thing. So um, yeah, my, my kids <laughs> also seem to enjoy that game quite a lot. We have a bunch of other ones. Um, yeah. Dixit is pretty cool art-wise. I, I love Dixit. So uh, that game I was telling you about earlier... A very similar art style to Dixit. Honestly, that's what I was imagining in my head when you were yeah. describing it. So that's awesome. <laughs> like, we have actually taken the Dixit cards and brought them in one time just because we wanted more options. So. <laughs> that's so great. I love that. I love I love when you combine things. I have this other this other game. Um, it's it's sort of it's sort of I don't know. It's like D and D light. Yeah. And it's very expensive because there's a lot of pieces, so I wouldn't right. necessarily recommend buying it. But if you're like at a game store that has it, you might consider playing it sometime if you have four hours to throw away. Okay. Um, trying to remember, trying to remember the name of it. Uh, Defenders of the Realm, I think. And okay. So there's all these little hero characters for Defenders of the Realm, and it's it basically is D and D, the board game, but not made by D and D. Yeah. Um, because you know you have your little classes and they're little people and they do stuff and whatever yeah. and um. So we we primed all the little characters because I was gonna paint them all. Yeah. And then I and then I uh, got intimidated by my own perfectionism and never painted any of them. Yep. Um. So they're just they're just <laughs> repainted white now, and all the flash has been trimmed, and that's as far as Um. You know, I actually have probably thirty or forty minifigures that are primed and ready to go, and I just haven't been courageous enough to put paint on them because I don't want to mess it up. I I feel thing. that very hard. <laughs> um. I, I also love how when you get X amount of board games in your life, you start not calling them by their name and start giving them nicknames so that everybody understands because they can't remember the actual names of them. Like, uh, there's a game called Takanyoko where you have a whole bunch of penguins that you have to feed, and we just oh. call we just oh. call it Panda Edie. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and Dixit, we call Beavers and Bunnies. Because depending on the way that you have the pieces, it can either be a beaver, a bunny, or a squirrel. And you're you're gonna check that out next time you play it, I bet. <laughs> uh, I love that. And yeah. <laughs> so I just like I find that once you get to so many games you stop just calling them their names and you're like, Okay, what is like what's something I can say? that everybody who's played this will know exactly what I'm talking about, even if they don't remember the name. And that's when you start coming up with stuff like that. Yeah. Do you have anything that your family kind of affectionately calls something else? Oh, I'm sure we do. I just need to remember examples. <laughs> um, you know, when, when pandemic first happened, Yeah. Um, and I'm not gonna go into details of scary things but when when the when we started to need to be inside a lot yeah uh, by ourselves yeah um, we were we got two of the last Nintendo switches in the county because mm -hmm. they were they were selling out real, everywhere real bad a year and change ago like we we had called five or six different stores and found one store that had two left and we asked them to hold on to them and by the time we got there the guy was like yeah six people have asked for this like we really we literally got the last two in the in the county yeah um 
And so we got copies of Sturdy Valley mm -hmm. for all four of us, so we could play co-op. And um, my my daughter has not really been super into video games, but I think it's because she hasn't been introduced to games that she actually likes. Because mm -hmm. her brother is into all the the violent ones, and she's not super into it. And so we got her Animal Crossing, and then you know she went and spent nine hundred hours on Animal Crossing, probably or something. Yeah. Wild. Um. So she's like, oh, I really like designing spaces and doing digital design. And, um, you know, there's so many villagers that we can't remember their names. So sometimes we'll call them funny things. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I finally got Raymond at Animal Crossing. So cool. <laughs> um, and I mean, that's a really good segue uh, for what we're going to be talking about next. Because I've never played Stardew Valley, but you have. Um, so we're going to do... Yeah our uh, tier list segment about yes. Stardew Valley characters, which um, as just like a nice little way to kind of go into it. Uh, normally I know the characters or whatever we're talking about when we're doing the tier list, but this time I don't. So <laughs> I'm going to just name everybody what kind of vibes they're giving me and then you can correct me afterwards and maybe tell me something about them and give them their rating um yes, hopefully the twitch chat will also keep you honest because there's at least two characters i always mix their names <laughs> with each other because i'm like you look like you look like your name should be the other person's name um but yeah totally let's let's do it i love it okay so the first one that i'm going to uh, name is I'm just gonna name her Celeste because that's the vibe she gives me. She gives okay, me like character with purple hair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you think? So, so the thing. Let me tell you a little bit about Stardew. So Stardew. Okay. You 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 work at a company that might be like Amazon, and then your grandpa leaves you his his farm in his will. Okay. So you quit your job and you move to the country to become a farmer. Okay. And there's all these folks that live in town, on the outskirts of town, underneath town, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so these are all the characters in town. Okay. And um, and in the game, so I don't know if you played Harvest Moon or any of those other yes. sort of farm sim type games, but in the game, all these characters have their their likes, their dislikes, they've got different personalities. Mm -hmm. Some of them are marriage candidates, some of them are not. Okay. So, I think there's, in the base game, I think there's 12 marriage candidates. I've been playing a modded version lately, so I have even more, which I just can't even imagine. But, um, and there's also sort of a villainous character who's the representative from not Amazon. It's called Joja in this game. Yeah. Um, there's like a, there's like a storefront in town like a Walmart and Amazon situation. Gotcha. Um, and there's like local farmers and local uh, independent uh, business owners. And it's it's just like wholesome vibes. There's four seasons. Um, you can catch different fish in different seasons. There's, you could do some mining. There's a little bit of fighting in the mines. Um, you can romance and marry people. If you get certain mods, you can romance and marry multiple people. Um, unfortunately, the characters are either uh, he, him, or she, her pronouns. There's no non-binary stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a mod for it that I haven't found yet. That would be cool. But uh, but there is gay marriage, so that's cool. 
And this whole game is made by um, Concerned Ape, who is a, a game developer in Seattle, Washington. I think Seattle. Definitely Washington. <laughs> probably Seattle. And, like, <laughs> one person made this whole thing. Like, made all the music for it, did all the art, the sprites, nice. all the things. And it's, so it's just been, like, a passion project, and um, Concerned Ape has made enough money at this that it's just, like, this is the thing that he does now is make this one game that's awesome. It's so awesome and everyone loves it it's so that like once a year there's a free update that gets released that has a bunch of new content and i love the game so much i own it on my phone my my steam library and my nintendo switch nice and we bought copies for the wife and kids so i've actually bought six copies of the game <laughs> because that's how great this game is and it's like i think it's 15 dollars. it's not it's not 60 dollars like a lot of yeah like, you know nintendo games or whatever so it's it's a great wholesome game when i'm sad this is the game i play because it's just really wholesome and cute and um you know it's lovely if you want to focus on farming you can focus on farming if you want to do fishing and mining you can do that instead mm -hmm. if you just want to be a person about town you can just go talk to people all day and not do anything else whatever you know nice. it's great so so this first character you think is named celeste what do you think she likes um space stuff she looks like she's outside at the night at nighttime a lot. Interesting. There's another character who is that. Um, and it's not her. <laughs> it's not her. No. This one, this one is, uh, I would say, of everyone in this group, is the thirsty sword lesbian of the group, um, <laughs> okay. and makes jokes about eating amethyst. So rock. She, the rock. <laughs> she, loves, she loves amethyst. Okay. And she's the the daughter of the person who runs the general store. And has sort of the moody teenager thing going on. Okay. Um, and there might be more secrets about her that we haven't seen because okay. I think it's in the mod version of the story and not the main version. But if you pay attention to who else has purple hair, there's only one character who has purple hair, and it's not her dad. Ooh. Ooh. Intrigue. So where would you tear them as far as a, a villager? Um... Okay, well her name is Abigail. Okay. And I she's one of my one of my favorites for sure. I would do an S here for Abigail. Okay. Um so um, she likes to hang out in the graveyard and like she plays video games, so you know, she would get along with us, I think. Probably. <laughs> um so this person looks like their name is like Steve or Chad or some other frat boy name. And they definitely play football. <laughs> You're super right. It is a four-letter dude name. I think it's Alex. Alex? Okay. And he's, he's the jock sport guy. He like, he, like, works out. There's a whole place. There's a whole, like, location in the game he goes to work out. And um, his, his best friend is his dog who lives outside of his house. Okay. Well, like, you got, he lives with. you got to give him credit for the uh, character design then. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. Probably the person underneath them right now with the mustache. Interesting. Uh, that's not correct, but I love the guesses. <laughs> okay. Those are the grandparents, actually. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. so, all right. So where would you put Alex? Um, I don't think Alex is fun at all. <laughs> I would put Alex at a D. Okay, um, so this so Smith here. That's that's the name they're gonna get because they look like 
their their generic white person name with no location because they've got secrets. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this person, as far as I remember, this person might just be called the bouncer. Okay. Or bouncer. There's a there's a secret location in the game you only access once you get certain things. Yeah. Um, and this person stands in your way until you get access to that place. Okay. So I don't know much about them. Um, I like that they're a person of mystery. Yeah. Um, but their their character is pretty like one dimensional or two dimensional, like very flat. Um, okay. So I would say C or D. Like, if D is like actively dislikes and C is like meh, whatever, then C. Okay. Yeah. Um see this is the person who I would have named Abigail. Um and they obviously okay. are like plants. I'm probably uh, totally wrong. Right. Oh like yeah. it's Abigail's mom. It's Abigail's mom. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um I had her name in my head at the beginning of my lessons and it's completely dropped out of my head. So <laughs> maybe Caroline. Not sure, but yeah, it's it's Abigail's mom. Um, she's married to the guy who runs the general store, and there's a whole scene actually with her, um, where you're drinking tea, and it might be specialty. Wink, wink. So I'll <laughs> say S for this character. Maybe A. Maybe A. A. Okay. Up there. Um, so far we've seen two marriage candidates. So the purple-haired one and the jock one are the, the okay. marriage candidates that we've encountered so far. Okay, this guy needs like. He looks like a knight for no apparent reason. Um, so he's <laughs> obviously got... <laughs> uh, so he's obviously got to have some, like, kingly name, like, Richard or something. <laughs> but, like, he does! <laughs> like, I know it's supposed to be a sweater, but it kind of looks like armor with, like, the little tapestry thing. <laughs> So, I'm just going to go with Richard. And he likes, I don't know, medieval times dinner in a show. <laughs> That's so perfect. I love that so much. I loved it so much. I loved it, actually. Um, so, his name is Clint, and he's the town blacksmith. Okay. See, it's kind of okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you think he feels about relationships? Um, I think he hates them. Yeah, he's sort of, he's sort of, uh, if I were to identify an incel on this group of people, he would be the one. Okay. He's always, like, at the bar at nighttime whining about how, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he's always, like, at the bar drinking and complaining about how no one likes him, and it's like, he, he doesn't talk to people, though, or, like, make yeah. connections, just yeah. like, uh, the thing right into his beer um yeah poor guy he just needs more social skills or yeah. something um so he has a crush on a character we haven't discussed yet and okay it's sort of unrequited forever and that makes him sad and grumpy gotcha um so then we have wade here who looks like they work <laughs> in who, who looks like they work in it like in a good way. Like you know how there's you know how there's those like different people who work in IT. There's the people who work in IT because they know about computers and they don't want to do anything else. Um, there's yep. the people who are just like super socially awkward and like that's why they like computers. And then there's just those normal people who like, you know, blend in with everyday society as like anybody else. 
um, straight and narrow. They iron their jeans. That's Wade. Mm -hmm. And that's Wade. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so this is Demetrius. Okay. And is the parent of someone here, is also married to someone here. Okay. Um, who do you think Demetrius' spouse is? Um... I'm gonna go with. I want to go with the girl, like this one. Okay, that's Marnie. Okay. Uh, and no, that is not that is not his spouse. His spouse is actually has. There's like the women with red hair, but it's the the woman with red hair, kind of in the bottom right, centerish, right here. Yeah, Robin. Oh, I could totally. I He's the town scientist. Ah! <laughs> He's the town scientist. So very science-minded. Um, I get big autism vibes from Demetrius. Okay. I really, I actually really like Demetrius. My wife is sort of this person in real life. Okay. Um, like so. very science, science-minded. <laughs> um, very like, yeah. Like, like there's a whole scene where Demetrius and uh, Robin has, um. A, a brief disagreement because Robin said, please go get vegetables. And then Demetrius did not buy tomatoes. And then she's like, you know, why didn't you get tomatoes? Or, no, fruit. I'm saying it's backwards. <laughs> she asked for fruit. And then he buys tomatoes. And then she's like, why did you buy tomatoes as for fruit? And he's like, well, tomatoes it's are our fruit. fruit. <laughs> That's not what I meant, though. And so there's like this total, like, yeah. having an issue parsing the request. Yeah. Which is like super duper autistic in the most wholesome way yeah. ever. So. Um, yeah, Demetrius has big autism vibes and big science special interest vibes. S for science. So great. So S for yeah. science. I, I, the reason, the minute that you're like, it reminds me of your wife, I'm like, well, then it better be an S or else your wife's going <laughs> to, um, so this little dude's name is Jub Jub and I don't care what their name is. Their name's going to be Jub Jub forever because that just, and I know that this is like kind of an issue, but, um, when I was a kid. I used to only ever refer to Ewoks from Star Wars as Jub Jubs because that's what the one said. And this reminds me of a Star Wars character, so this is Jub Jub. I, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> um, where do you think, where in the game do you think we meet this character? Um, obviously in a mine or somewhere underground. Yep, that's completely true. So um, I think this is actually, I don't know if their name is Dwarf or if they are just are a Dwarf. Yeah. Um have to look into that but yes they are a dwarf and they live in the mines and you have to have a special pickaxe to get through the rocks to get to the dwarf mm -hmm. um, and then they only speak dwarvish so then you have to go learn dwarvish by finding the four books to learn dwarvish and then you can talk to them and buy great things okay uh, uh, i also think that they look like um, Ewok, totally. yeah. Ewok yeah so where would you put them well, we're gonna run out of room in S, right? Eventually. Nah. So I would maybe, I would maybe say, just because of how long it takes to get to them, I'd say B. B. All right, go there, Jub Jub. I don't care. Like, if if I meet that character, I will not refer to them their name. Their name will be Jub Jub. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. Um. Okay. So then we have. Uh, oh. Oh. Um. This guy looks like a blonde Gaston, and I'm trying to remember what that dude's name was from the '90s. Uh, but he does look one of the ones whose names I always mix up. Um, what is that guy's name? He was a big model in the '90s. I need to figure this out, or it's gonna bug me. Um, 
Yes, that is Fabio. They just copied Fabio, including his name, and put him in the game. And he obviously works at a hair salon as, uh, you know, he is a business owner. He is a model and he is an entrepreneur. That's what it says on his Instagram. (laughs) 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 And that's, that's, that's my, that's my truth for his life. get big gay energy from this character this is in my opinion it's one of the more flamboyant characters in the game yeah um and his name is elliot but i think it should be sebastian and i always mix them up because elliot lives by the sea Mm -hmm. and is a writer living in a cottage on the the beachfront which how how can you afford to live in a cottage on the beachfront if you're a writer i don't understand it's sort of a shed maybe that's why but like (laughs) you know you know, maybe it's like T.S. Eliot. I don't know. But Eliot is also a marriage candidate. And um, one of my run-throughs I'm playing as a... Uh, since there's only two genders options, I'm playing as a male character. And I was like, ooh, I want to date Eliot because Elliot Page just came out as a trans man. Yeah. And um, I would say somewhere between A and B for Eliot. Like, you know, there's there's a point where they interact with you somewhere and you have to... And you tell them your favorite genre of writing you have like four choices and whichever one you pick is the genre of book that Elliot goes and writes which is like that's a huge choice for someone to make for somebody else oh that's cute it is, it is super cute I'm putting that there for um, that if you're, if, you're, if you're still deliberating I would put it up at eight but it's your choice that's in the totally end. fine, that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. okay I am, I am playing a game where Elliot is one of the people I'm trying to marry yeah. so you know and then there's there's, there's little spunky here to me to me if if any character on this list would be so this one gives me the most genderqueer vibes um and they seem like they'd be very energetic and very like good at sports but also like a handful and like slightly chaotic i love all of those things um so if memory serves this character is named emily okay and Emily has a part-time job at the local bar as a bartender. Okay. But also really loves dancing and yoga and, like, befriends birds and doesn't name them because, like, birds choose their own names. And just, like, sort of the, like, hippie, dippy, earth-loving lesbian situation. Like, okay. that's sort of the vibe to get with this character. Um, and, yeah. Very, um, yeah, I've I've seen all all of the um, LGBTQ folks that I know who are interested in dating women in general. Mm-hmm. Whenever they play Stardew, they always choose either Abigail, the purple-haired one, or mm-hmm. Emily, the blue-haired one. Like yeah. they're not interested in the, the regular <laughs> color hair. Yeah. So so where are we put um, little spunky. <laughs> so honestly, I would say either A or S. And my question for you is, which of these people is Little Spunky's sibling? Um, Very different. I'd either say the octopus lady, who we'll get to later, or the blonde one. Okay, octopus lady is her best friend. Okay. The blonde one is her sister. Ah! Okay, so two things. One, (laughs) I'm apparently really good at this. (laughs) <laughs> and two whoever did the character design in this game did a really good jo- I, job because like 
I, the only reason I think I'm doing as good as I am is because they did a really good job at like very subtly including a lot of information based on their appearances. Um, kind of like, and I mean, you shouldn't base things off of appearances, but they just did a way that like anybody I know who kind of matches their characteristics kind of has that same vibe and interest and your interests do kind of influence your style. So Spunky's going in. I like S tier. S tier for Spunky. Okay. So all the, all the thirsty queers going after Spunky. <laughs> put in S. Well, S for spunky, right? <laughs> Got it. Um, spunky, and then science and there's sword lesbians. Yeah, it's sword lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's Maria here, and you know Maria is like everybody's grandma in that entire village, like everybody's, and is probably married to a very problematic person and has to counteract their awful with nice. That's just what I feel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, her her name is Evelyn. Okay. And she's sort of she volunteers her time to maintain like the the garden in the center of town. Like she's always putting up the Christmas tree, like tending the tulips, and you know she just sort of putters about and does that. And she cooks for her husband, who's very grumpy. And um. You know, we get the vibe that Evelyn is going to live another hundred years. Like, she's just sort of timeless and yeah. wholesome. She makes cookies. She makes cookies for your character in the game. It's very cute. All right. So, after you read this, I do need to tell you a story about Evelyn that doesn't exist yet, but will very shortly. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I would put Evelyn at a B. B? Just because I wish her character had more... Um, I wish it was crunchier. I wish there was more information about yeah. her. Um, so the thing about Evelyn is I have a drag character whose name is Evelyn and is the overly supportive, potentially really drunk, but absolutely sober grandma. Um, so I will, it all started because I got this really ugly throw thing that I wore um, whenever I was, like, at home after we were out and, like, I just wanted to be, like, comfy and warm, I would wear it, but it looked like a grandma dress. Um, and then one day I just, like, made this person up named Evelyn and, like, Evelyn says her name a lot, where it's like, Evelyn! Um, and, like, I would hang out with friends and be like, oh, I came here, they'd be like, oh, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Evelyn, I'm here to support my gay, my, my gay nephew. And they're like, well, who, which one's that? And they're like, the gay one! Like, just, like, that kind of vibe where they're just, like, very, like, kind of there, kind of not, but very loud and very friendly. Um, so I just enjoy that that's also her name. <laughs> and she will probably be one of my favorite people. I love that. She's so wholesome and cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she's prob she's married to, like, Eugene here, isn't she? Did you pick the next person? Oh, yeah. His, his name's Eugene. And he's, he's been bitter all of his life because his name is Eugene. <laughs> okay, so the, the older gentleman in the wheelchair, his name is George. Okay. He has a frown on his face all the time. Yeah. Um, he, he likes to eat hot peppers to help his knees feel better when they hurt. 
and he mostly just wants to watch TV and not be bothered by people. He's sort of the, like, get off my lawn guy. Yeah. Sort of his, his main vibe is get off my lawn. Mm. Um, and, yeah, the, the more you talk to him, eventually you learn that he's a veteran. Okay. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, I sneezed. Yeah. Oh, I did not get to the mute button in time, I tried. It's all good. <laughs> um, so, he's pretty grumpy, and, um, while I, rep while I appreciate that there is wheelchair representation in this game, um, one of my friends who is in a wheelchair has mm -hmm. said that they wish that there was more representation of people in wheelchairs in games who aren't, like, grumpy and crotchety. Yeah. Like, can we have, can we have people who are disabled, but, like, either awesome or like just regular like yeah or happy like and and enjoying have to be grumpy and old yeah, yeah enjoying their lives yeah we need like young hot people in wheelchairs like yeah you know not having the narrative be like oh look how amazing how much they've overcome but just like i'm just a person yeah. can i just be a person please so yeah anyways i would put i would put george in the d category yeah. and like i will say of the people I know who are in wheelchairs, they are all very hot young people who have accomplished amazing things, but that has nothing to do with the wheelchair and just the fact that they're just amazing people, um, period. So can I, if I, if that's who I know in life, I would like to see that in a video game as well. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is Evelyn's supposed to be like this is the person that like Evelyn loved but he had to go and travel the world and do things obviously and oh, they like they, they they obviously like were meant to be together but fate tore them apart and then she got stuck with Eugene here and <laughs> um she she won't leave him because she you know feels bad but her heart and his heart are with each other and you know it and like if anything should ever happen to George, George, um, I don't even remember his name. He's just Eugene to me with that grumpy face. Um, you know they're gonna end up together and like live for another like two hundred years happily, wandering the earth and making cookies. <laughs> and I love that. What do you, what do you his think name is his name is Wallace, obviously. Wallace. <laughs> um, so his name is Gil. He's one of the non-giftable NPCs in the. Um, I wish there was more story for Gil. There isn't much, so now it's my headcanon, all the things you just said. <laughs> Gil, Gil is one of the sort of crusty old dudes that hangs out at the Adventurer's Guild. Okay. You know, Gil, Guild. Yeah. There you go. Um, he mostly sits in a rocking chair and waits to hear stories of young adventurers going out and says things like, you know, come back and talk to me when you've got something to show for yourself, like when you've accomplished something. Yeah. Well, and he's only mad because, you know, Evelyn is married to somebody else. And if that wasn't the case, he'd probably be happier. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love imagining, you know, once George passes away in a respectable amount of time has passed, like, <laughs> Gil and Evelyn move in together in, like, a, a log cabin in the, the woods and, um, you know, and, and have she, a little fire and a, a dog. She warms his heart with her warm cookies and he he yeah. takes care of her and it's all sweet <laughs> he like he like still chops the wood even though he's 80 and like keeps yeah. the house warm and yeah takes care of the of the composting toilet 
Cool. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she like feeds the chickens and tends the garden that they used to eat because they're off grid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that for them. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, let's let's put Gil in category B right next to Evelyn. Yeah, they belong together. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have Milton here. His name's obviously Milton because he's. He's 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 not he's not a Hilton, but he's got their money, so. Oh, that's really good, actually. Good <laughs> um, and he owns a bank. <laughs> but like, he's the he's the friendly one. He's the friendly one, in my opinion. Like, I feel like he's a person who like yeah. grew up rich and is like firm, but like has a heart of gold somewhere in there. I love this. Um, this is this character is just known as Governor. Okay. So I think the governor could be named Milton, and uh, the governor also seems to have a lot of money and is a politician and sort of wanders around visiting various cities. So okay. Live in the city, but shows up for like one holiday okay. a year. So you only see this character one of your hundred days or whatever that you play. Hundred and. Oh, is there a time limit in this game? Oh no, there's just years. So there's, okay. There's uh, seven days in a week, four weeks in a season. Okay. Four seasons. So seven times. So not ninety. Four times four is how many days there yeah. are in the game. So twenty-eight gotcha. times four. Um. So 112 days. So one of the 112 days you see this character who's just named Governor. So Governor Milton. <laughs> Governor Milton. Governor Milton is there to schmooze, be political, and uh, praise everyone on their ability to make food together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and vaguely dreams about buying a vacation home in town, but Aww. never does. Aww. Yeah. So where are we putting uh, Governor Milton? Um, I feel like next to Bouncer, just because it's another non-giftable NPC who's just sort of meh. There. Um, but I love that there's enough character design just in the sprite that you came up with all of that backstory. That is also now my headcanon. <laughs> You're welcome. Apparently this is working out really well for you, canon-wise. <laughs> um, this is Ebenezer. Um, so this Ebenezer here uh, is actually um, the Sandman, uh, uh -huh. who has been yep. allowed to become human and took the, for took the name of... Uh, Ebenezer after he made him have those dreams to turn nice in a Christmas story. Uh, this is Grandpa. This is the spirit of your Grandpa who passed away and gave you the farm. Aww. It's super cute. Yeah. Cute. You see Grandpa in the opening scene and the only other time you see Grandpa is sort of like, I don't know. The game never ends, really. I mean, yeah. You can just keep having days and living your life and being happy, but there's sort of a symbolic end to the game, and that's when Grandpa appears again, and it's a couple years in. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think maybe C. It's just there's, yeah. there's another non-giftable NPC who's yeah. sort of sweet and has a good story, but also kind of a flat yeah. character. We don't get a lot of information about them. And this is a uh, slick Rick here. So. <laughs> Uh, such a good name. <laughs> so Slick Rick here is uh, an artist, um, but nobody no, nobody really knows what he does. He's just an artist that makes money, um, and he is like very charming. 
Um, when you first meet him, you're like, oh, he's a pretentious douchebag, but like he's actually super cool and chill to hang out with when you get to know him. And like the only reason he seems like he's super into himself and everything is just because he's like kind of shy and insecure so he acts overly tough but like when you get to know him and get to like mellow with him he's like the chillest dude ever who like you go out eating and he's like randomly is like i bought your dinner and you're like what and he's like too late and then you leave the restaurant that's that's like rick for you <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so good so this person's name is gunther okay wait what and yeah and gunther runs the archaeology club in town okay so there's sort of this library slash museum okay and gunther tends both of them okay and so for the completionists in the world so there's this whole thing where you have to find gems and artifacts and you turn them all into gunther and so the very first time you meet gunther gunther's like oh no uh the last person who was in charge of this place ran off with all the cool stuff now we need cool stuff again and so you basically need one copy of each resource to turn into the place um and it's uh it's a lot it's a lot so i think there's something like 60 different gems and then there's another 30 to 50 artifacts and uh, the the dwarven translation guides are four of those items. And once you get all four, then Gunther gives you the ability to speak dwarvish somehow. Okay. Um, and as you as you meet certain thresholds of turning in, you know, X number of th of things, um, you get you get prizes. So you can get seeds that are seasonally appropriate. Um, eventually, you get a very fancy, special, rare, legendary seed that you can grow into a special thing. Um, it's, it's great. So, Gunther is the gotta catch them all guy. Gotcha. I would say B. B? I would say B for Gunther. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know you told me their names, but I tried not to remember their name just specifically so That's I could fine. rename That's them. Totally fine. Um, little Angelique here. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> is she a reincarnation of, you know, a medieval's time cleric mage lady? Probably, <laughs> but we'll never know because right now she is but s humble, sweet nurse lady who takes care of everybody and is like a mom for everybody and so sweet. And, you know, people want to date her, but she's like too committed to her passion of taking care of animals. <laughs> so this person is Haley. And Haley's sister, Emily, the blue-haired one, is yep. probably more likely to not date someone to take care of animals. There's a whole thing with a with an injured parrot that Emily goes through. Aww. But Haley is, loves photography and is also very self-interested. Okay. Like, mostly only thinks about and talks about herself. Um, there's a resource in the game called the Prismatic Shard, which is like the rarest, gayest thing you'll ever see. <laughs> and she's the only character in the game who hates the rainbow. So for that alone, I say D for Haley. <laughs> she hates the rainbow. <laughs> you know she hates it. She's so like underwhelming. She does. She just hate the rainbow because people appreciate it more than her kind of thing. Maybe I don't know. It's just like, why? It's so pretty. How could you not like rainbows? Why are you this person? Why do you just demand pink cake all the time? <laughs> it's, like, it's like I don't know. 
my head canon is she's the one who invented gender reveal parties in town. Oh, she totally is. Pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be wholesome with her, but Pink like rainbow. That's the other way that you would go with it. <laughs> um, and then this is Ned. So she is technically she's technically one of the marriage candidates, but I would never marry her. Um, then there's of course Ned Flanders here. <laughs> um, that's that's Ned Flanders in appearance, but not in personality. No, this is the hipster guy who plays gar who plays the guitar at the cafe. Oh. Um, but has a really shitty office job the rest of the year. What kind of shitty office job do you think it is? Probably like accounting or something stupid. <laughs> that they don't love. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with, like, accounting. It's not that accounting's that bad. It's just that, like, they're doing it because it pays the bills, but they're not following their passions, and that's why I hate it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, they do have a well-paying job. That's true. This is Harvey. Harvey is the town doctor. Okay. There's a lot of people who don't care about their health, and Harvey is distressed about it, and sort of is codependent and cares about everyone, and it's really stressful that... Harvey cares more about their wellness than they do. Mm -hmm. And Harvey's um, quiet passion is like building a radio device in his house and like thinking about flying and doing model airplanes. Oh, that's cute. And if you go on enough, you build up enough friendship with Harvey, there's a really cool date scene that you get that involves flying. And I won't get in, into any more details so you can enjoy the surprise when you get there. Where's Harvey going? Um, I would say B. Yeah, I think B. B? Okay. So Harvey is Harvey is one of the marriage candidates. Okay. Um, there, there was one playthrough of Stardew where I basically got to 10 hearts with everyone and 10's the maximum until you get married to somebody. Yeah. And there are these group heart events that happen if you've, if you've, like, if you're dating all the people of, of either gender mm -hmm. that's available. Yeah. Um, there's more than two genders, but there's only two available in this game. Yeah. Um, then there's there's a scene you get where all the people of that gender get pissed off at you and then they stop talking to you for a week. <laughs> but then everything goes back to normal like it's fine. <laughs> they just have they just need a week to air it out. <laughs> yeah, so one of my on one of my CFLs and I forget which one at this point, but on one of them I've I've dated all twelve of the of the dateable people so I could see all their cutscenes. I think I maybe haven't finished Haley's because she doesn't like rainbows. Um, but it's it's been interesting to see the sort of like eight heart event or ten heart event cutscene you get with each character because it's like, oh, they like me and now this is the date that they chose. Um, and I don't want to spoil that for you because I think that would be really fun for you to discover on your own if you decided to do that. It takes a lot of time, but yeah. I'm sure someone's made a video on the internet you could go watch if you didn't want to get there yourself. But um, yeah. It's really, it's cool. It's a fun, it's a fun thing. The little dates that you go on and the little, like, as you build relationships, you get these different cutscenes. It's, it's cool. I like it. Nice. Um, then we have Duke here. That's not his real name. That's just what he tells everybody to call him. Um, <laughs> so we're respecting his name. Um, but his, like, actual name is, like, Bernard. Um, but everybody calls him Duke because that's what he insists on. Um, and he tries to pretend he's a lot tougher than he is. And like smoke sticks behind the school, but like he's not that cool. He's just insecure. Interesting. <laughs> so this person is married to someone else. Let's see. Have we already? I don't think we've talked about her yet. Where is she? Oh my gosh, brain. Did we? Did we? No. 
What's his wife missing from the list of people? That would be unfortunate. She might be. Let me see. Let me go find it on this villager list over here. Uh, another sort of, like, light strawberry blonde with a braid, but it's not the third person from the left. It's a different one. Okay. Yeah. I think... Oh my gosh, I think his wife is missing. Womp womp. Womp womp. But, uh, <laughs> this person's name is Kent, and you don't meet him until the beginning of the second year. And um, Kent is a a vet. He came home from the war, and he's got two kids. I also don't see his kids here in the sprites. Um, or actually, yeah, he actually one of his kids is here. Because he's got like a teenager and then a littler kid. Gotcha. Um, the littler kid has pink hair, and the older kid has uh, hair that's more similar to his. Gotcha. But yeah, his name is Kent, he's a war vet, and uh, he actually is as tough as he looks. Gotcha. Got a little bit of PTSD going on. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, and where are we putting Kent? It takes a, takes a while to get to meet him. It takes a while to become his friend, but once you do, it's okay. I would say B or C. Um, maybe C. Just because it takes so long to get to meet him. Which I understand why the game yeah. did it the way they did. But Well, it keeps it know. interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Um I feel like this little guy's name is like <sighs> Like it, it's not an actual English name. It's literally just like if we were to spell it out it would be symbols. Um, mm -hmm. but it's not loud, it's quiet. So it's like <sighs> But you can never actually pronounce it as people. He just like tries to tell you and that's the closest you can get it to. I like that headcanon, that was fun. Yeah, um, and he's a little shadow demon who comes and visits you at night, and, like, the first time you met him, like, you're both mutually scared, and then, like, you give a peace offering, and then you, like, become friends that see each other at night. That's my, that's my truth right now. <laughs> so, this is Krobus, and Krobus is sort of a little shadow being that lives in the sewers and sells you great things um if you've ever played played breath of the wild you know how there's that one character that like will buy monster parts from you no because i haven't oh i'm actually playing my first zelda game at all on fridays right now but which game is it though ocarina of time nice that's a great one to start with that's the one i started with oh so long ago Yes, that's. I feel like that was how everybody did, so that's why I started with it. Well, um, Krobus is great and trades in monster parts and also resources that are hard to come by otherwise. And um, in order to even get access to Krobus, you have to give Gunther, the librarian slash museum curator, 60 unique items for the collection. So, Krobus is also later in the game, but I've heard a rumor, at least, that you can actually have Krobus be your roommate, and so one of my playthroughs, I'm trying to get Krobus to be my roommate, because I think that's more interesting than marrying just yet another person. Um, so, I would give Krobus an A, actually. Yeah. I... There's a whole interesting backstory with the Krobus people and the dwarf people, and... Um, yeah, there's a whole scene about that, too. You know, you know what kind of vibes he gives me? Um, have you ever watched Spirited Away? Yes. No face, but, like, when he's in the, like, caring position where he, like, just wants to be friends. Mm -hmm. 
that's what kind of vibes he gives. But like, doesn't turn into a monster that tries to eat everybody. Totally. <laughs> um. This is Helga. <laughs> Helga is Helga came from like Sweden. She like she is first immigrant to wherever Stardew Valley is. Um and is just like very sweet, very nice, um, but like can't quite communicate with everybody a hundred percent because they're like English is the second language. Um, but like no matter what, like just brightens up a room. That's just what I get from her. Mm -hmm. How What do you think she does for a living? Um, she obviously bakes bread. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if there are any immigrant characters and I wish there were. That would be very cool. <laughs> so this is Leah. Okay. Uh, she looks a lot like Robin, who's the, the wife of Demetrius over there. Yeah. But I don't think they have any relation to each other. Um, Leah moved out of the big city to the countryside to pursue her art. Gotcha. So she sculpts wood. Um, she also paints. She's sort of a traditional art form artist. And um, when you pick your, your gender in the game, then her ex-partner, who comes up a couple times, is the same gender. So if you... So she's female, so if you pick female, then her ex is also a woman. Mm. And so she's a little bit gay, which is great. <laughs> um, I don't remember any other characters having uh, any information about past relationships. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there is a way to sort of have some queer representation, which yeah. I think is fun. Well. Um, so she's also actually my very first save file that I have like almost 200 hours into. Yeah. She's the person I picked to marry. Gotcha. Because I have a soft spot for the artsy, artsy types. That's her. Yeah, her favorite food is salad. <laughs> of course it she is. She loves to forage and eat food that she finds outside, and she mostly, like, hangs out by the water, either the lake or the ocean. And okay. doesn't, like, go into town too much, except on a Friday night she'll hang out with, not Sebastian, Elliot. Uh, she'll hang out with Elliot, and so the, the writer who lives in the shed by the sea and the artist who lives in the, the nicer house by the river like to hang out and talk about art things mm -hmm. on Friday night in the bar and but the rest of the time they're just sort of out in the wild looking at things and doing art things and, and when she moved she, they, I, they're obviously talking about when she lived in the big city in Sweden and, and then what made her move to the small town in North America I actually would put Leah at an S because I liked her so much I married her in my first time. yeah Look at little Ferdinand here with his little gray mustache and his little uh, paperboy hat. Obviously, like, the hardworking father type, like, was 100% like the whole, like, the wholesome, like, father to his family and just cared about everybody um, and just, like, become that person in the village that's, like, known as the family man who, like, takes care of people and is so, like, humble and nice. Um, he still works in his little wood shop on the weekends but like doesn't work full-time anymore but his wife doesn't like it because she wants him to relax so they can go on vacations his wife's pro name's probably Maud. <laughs> um he is dating someone in town he doesn't have a wife who do you okay. think he's dating Maud. No? no that one nope that one nope then i don't know all right I'm not going to tell you because it'll be fun when you figure it out. Okay. Um, 
because his his relationship is very hush hush, and that's a whole story point in the game too. So, gotcha. um, this is Lewis. He's the town mayor. Okay. Um, he's a bit of a workaholic. He's very involved with civic duties and visits all the businesses, and you know, sort of is about town. He's also been the mayor for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having any sort of relationship or thing that's happening that is not about being the mayor is hard for him. But gotcha. he. he has the opportunity to grow into that if he chooses. Okay. Um, I think, I think the fact that they have an older gentleman in the game who's dating someone mm-hmm. is is actually very interesting and cool that they included that. Um, I think we don't, as a society, we don't talk about older people dating very yeah. much. So, uh, I would actually put him at the A rank. Okay. Just because of that alone. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then we have. Bert here. Bert here lives in the woods. He forages. He hunts. He does all that kind of stuff because he's a man the man. But like super nice. But like stereotypically like butch stuff is his his game. His 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 whole shebang. Also he never takes care of his beard. <laughs> I honestly I get big like Nick Offerman vibes from this character. <laughs> Um, so this is Linus. Linus does live in the woods. Linus lives in a tent in the woods and forages all of his food. Um, he also eats out of trash cans and goes dumpster diving for resources. I was going to say... want it to be wasteful. I was going to say, he also seems like the person who throws pine cones at people when they litter. There you go. <laughs> he's, very, he's actually very, like, gentle and sort of averse to social interaction. Yeah. Um, it takes it takes a lot to win over his trust. Okay. Um, because he just doesn't trust people because people have treated him poorly. They think... He's, like, homeless on accident, but he's mm-hmm. sort of, like, living in the wilds by choice. And so people keep trying to, like, give him shelter and food, and he's just not into it. He just wants to do his thing and vibe, and he's mm-hmm. having a good time being a nature guy. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. He's cool, though. I like him. Okay. Um, yeah, I would, I would put him, honestly, probably at the A tier as well, just because I think the storytelling is really interesting, and I don't hear that narrative too often. True. Um, well, that kind of ruins what I thought for my plan for the next one. Because I thought this was going to be his, like, daughter that lives with him. Um, oh, interesting. And her name was going to be something like, um, like, Ash or Elm or, like, some kind of tree. <laughs> um, oh, I wish that was true. That would be cool. Right. Um, and, you know, she just kind of, like, lives with her, like, older father and, like, Loki takes care of him. Um but it's not because like she needs to it's because she just like likes her like she's just really into their family and like they like being in the woods and they like not talking to people and like but this is like where he is like doesn't talk to you she's the one that like when you show up it's like hi do you want to come in are are you cold like just very like nice I like that Um, well she does take in strays that's true about her Um, so this is Marnie Mm mhm Marnie is she runs the other farm in town. Okay. Uh, it's it's actually kind of shocking that there's only two farms in the whole town, and um, hers is more of a ranch, so she sells all the livestock and food for the livestock and all the resources you need to take care of livestock. Mm-hmm. Um, in Stardew Valley Expanded, which is a mod for this game that I've just started playing through, and it's yeah. super fun. Um, they actually there's like three or four more farms that they've added, and a bunch of new like six or 12, I forget, new NPCs 
so I haven't learned enough about them to be able to do this exercise with those folks. But um, but yeah, Marnie. So Marnie lives with um, I want to say maybe her nephew, and then also this young girl who's not actually on the list here. I've, I've realized there's actually at least four characters I can identify who are missing from the list, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, Marnie, Marnie like has a kid that she didn't birth that she's taking care of and then also has an adult relative that's living with her because he has nowhere else to live. Um, so if you want to guess who the adult relative is. So uh, I was right. I was right that yeah, she's she, taking care she of somebody. Totally, she totally, yeah, she adopts the strays. She loves the animals so much. She like, she's super all about taking care of, of living beings. This guy right here in the red. Uh, it's, it's not that guy, but I love that guess. Okay. I love that guess. Well, then we'll so, find out yeah, later. Marnie, Marnie, yeah, she like super loves chickens and like she loves her cows and it's super cute. So I would say probably B. B? Yeah. Okay. And then we have Elizabeth. Elizabeth is, um, I feel like Elizabeth works two jobs. Um, she like works full time at the like grocery store convenience store type thing but she also has like a part-time job at the library and um it's not because she needs the money it's just because she wants an excuse to be around the books because she loves like exploring the world through the stories that are in them love that answer um this is maru okay uh maru is demetrius's daughter okay so my impression is Demetrius and Robin, who are both in the S rank, they they got married, but they had kids from prior relationships. Mm -hmm. And so Maro is Demetrius's daughter, and then Robin has another kid who we haven't talked about yet, so you can guess who that is. Kay. And they live in a a blended family, a mixed race blended family. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Maru, like her dad, also really likes the sciencey things, and she's actually the one who likes the stars and spends all summer with her oh. telescope looking at the stars. Um, but uh, Maru also works part time at the uh, the doctor's office in town, and okay. her doctor's office work shift outfit is very different from her clothes the rest of the time, and it's like. You know, she's she's doing it because it's a little bit it's the most science related job you can find in town. Mm -hmm. But like her flavor of science is a totally different thing, right? She she likes robotics. She likes astrol astronomy, not astrology, yeah. astronomy. And um, you know, she probably she definitely actually works with her dad on his various scientific researchy things because there's a whole part of their house where there's like his lab and they work together in the lab. Um, so. Uh, Maru is actually the person that my wife married on her one playthrough she's ever done of Stardew, so I would say S rank. Um, we get a little bit of the autism vibes, but Sheesh. it's not quite as uh, as much as your father. Not quite as strong as Demetrius. So yeah, yeah, it's I would say it's more the female autism than the male autism. Okay. In that case. Um, this is Walter. We... No. Oh, go Walter. ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, we could put the, the fun hair colored people together if we're rearranging in the S tier. But okay. No, we can, we can definitely do that. Da -da. Okay. Um, so we have Walter here. Walter here is the person who actually, like, is the head librarian. That That's literally all there is to say about him, is he's, like, a librarian through and through. Quiet, studious, friendly, but, like, not outspoken. 
that or he's basically Professor Oak. Either or, there's no in between. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is actually Morris, and Morris is the antagonist of the whole game. Really? Um, this is this is the guy who runs the Joja uh store in town. Oh, they say that they have cheaper prices than everybody else, but really their prices are inflated compared to the local the local shop that's in town. Got it. So he's like um, Bill, Ga Bill Gates, but extra evil. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So, he's one of the, the non-giftable NPCs, um, and, um, yeah, it's just sort of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so there. <laughs> okay. Um, and this is his, his henchman, obviously. Hello! Oh, I forgot that I had that on. That just scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I thought I had that on mute. I apparently... I, I do not. <laughs> Welcome in, Awesome Chips. Thank you for coming. Um, I did have it muted. Why did you go off? I'm not mad about it. It just scared me. <laughs> Okay. Um, sort of your stick, though, right? Is getting startled on stream. Yeah, <laughs> that that act that clip actually scares me more often than not. Um, <laughs> but I just love Robin Williams. Um, <laughs> so this person's name—I don't even think he has a name. It's just like this is Buster or something, and he's here to like spy on you and figure out what you're doing to let and like sabotage you. That that's what I I feel from him, and he works for Mr. Walter there. So this is actually, in my opinion, perhaps the most non-binary character in the game. Okay. This is Mr. Chi. Okay. Uh, and Mr. Chi is sort of the uh, friendly local cryptid. Okay. Do you remember we were talking about the bouncer and how the bouncer sort of is in the way of a secret place? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Chi is the one who runs the secret place and okay. also more mysteries later. So this is sort of like and their outfit is like long, black sparkly, flowy something or another with like the hat. So there's like the Mr. Name but then there's also very like femme sort of uh, flamboyant clothes and like if anyone in this game is a drag something, a drag mm -hmm. performer, it's Mr. Chi. Got it. So, um yeah, this, this character is very fun and an enigma, and I would say A rank. I just wish there was more of Mr. Chi in the game, which is why Mr. Chi is not S rank. Yeah. Um, I would also prefer that they be called Mixer Chi because that would be better. But Also, again, it just rolls off the tongue better. Just It rolls off yeah. the tongue better. Um, and then here's Mod. This is Mod. Mod. Oh. Mod goes out, she goes shopping, she watches TV, she plays bingo. Um, she's obsessed with the 80s, even though the 80s are long gone. <laughs> but that's just, like, what she loves. And you know what? We, we support her in that. Um, and all of her jeans go past her belly button. So this is Pam. She is one of the, one of the two main town drunks. Um, she was unemployed, I think maybe because Joja came to town and put a bunch of other people out of business. She used to be the bus driver, but now the bus is out of service, so now she doesn't have a job and she just drinks all the time and her daughter hates it. Uh, her daughter 
a lot of the, I'd say 70% of the characters in the game who are adults uh, like it when you gift them alcohol. There are a couple who are exclu exclusions to that, and one of them is her daughter. Because she is, you know, so out of uh, regulation with her drinking that it really messes with her daughter's life. And they live together in a trailer in town. Um, so her name is Pam, but she does have sort of a redemption story arc, which is cool to see. Cool. Both both of the town both of the town drunks uh, sort of have an opportunity to clean up their act because the oppression they experience gets addressed slowly over time through um, either work opportunities or um, through better mental health care. And it's cool to see those two characters um, improve their lives and improve themselves. Um, I think one of them stops drinking altogether. I don't remember if the other one does, but it's it's interesting. It's interesting that they included two two alcohol related narratives mm -hmm. in the story. Yeah. So I would put Pam in a C. Um, not a D. I mean, it would be a D if she didn't have sort of that redemption story arc. Like the first time you meet her, you're gonna be like, ooh, yuck. But you know, if you if you do take the time to sort of get to know her and see how her character develops, mm. it gets a little bit better. Gotcha. Yeah. This is Sierra. Okay. It's it's some kind of like name for sure. She seems like she's a very nice, quiet kid. Um, you know, does does like straight A student, just trying her best. You know, and like she's in like debate team, all that kind of stuff. But she's just kind of focusing on being the best self she can be. Um, you know, very academic, but also like in drama and plays, and like also on the soccer team and cheerleading. Like just the overachiever overall. You're actually pretty close on the activities guessing here. Yeah. So this is Penny. Mm -hmm. Penny is Pam's daughter. Okay. Penny, as an adult child of an alcoholic, she copes with her parents drinking by being an overachiever, mm -hmm. um, which is a relatable story. Um, so she is she's the gal in town who teaches the two kids how to do stuff. So she's like it's not quite homeschool, but she's like if there there isn't really a school. But she has classes for the kids in the library in town because that's how small town is. Yeah. And um, the two kids like hang out and learn from her. And so her little job in the world is to do that. And then the rest of the time she's like cleaning up after her mom, and being grumpy that people drink alcohol because like it just has totally messed over her life. So her income supports both her and her mom, and I imagine at least half of it goes towards mom's alcohol. Um, but she's really she loves teaching and education and wisdom uh, I think she even is in the library on her days off reading for herself um, and there's a, a scene with her character and yours where she's teaching the kids and they're like having a picnic mm -hmm. and then you get invited to be like a guest speaker for the, the kids class for the day so then you can talk to the kids about farming or something mm -hmm. and it's just very cute and um the the date that she comes up with is also fun. Cute. Like the, I like the date she comes up with, but you have to get to like eight or ten stars. <laughs> okay. Um, and where are we gonna rate her? Oh, um, I feel like an A. Um, of the of the characters to sort of woo in the game, mm -hmm. she's one of the easier ones because the the resources that she really likes are are simple and easy to acquire. Gotcha. Um, so for like new players who don't want to put a ton of effort in, you know, because like Mario, she likes expensive metal bars because science. Um, 
Yeah. But for for um, for Penny, she likes the the simpler things. She likes flowers. She likes just very basic, easy stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. This next person is going to be named um, James after Dr. James Harvey, um, who is the dad in uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost, because that's what he looks like. <laughs> and he is into, you know, fixing up his muscle cars without being a douche about it. And <laughs> science. <laughs> Like, he's interested in cars, but not because he's like, oh, I like a car and it makes me feel like a man mentality, but, like, because he likes tinkering. He likes to see how things work, but also cars are functional. <laughs> Who do you think he is married to? Um, he's not. His wife's dead. Because that's the storyline <laughs> of Casper. <laughs> Okay. And so it's the competition to Joja, and uh, he is such a workaholic. His wife might as well be dead because he basically ignores her. And there's a whole bunch of subtext that you will find in the game where she's like, oh, "I wonder if he'll cook dinner tonight," or like, "Oh, I wish he'd hang out with his family more and not just be at the store all the time." Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think in the modded version of Stardew, there's sort of a a, a story. Like, I've seen a cutscene on YouTube, but I've never yeah. encountered it in the game, and I wonder if it's because it's from SDV Expanded, but there's a scene where it's revealed that he's not actually the father of his daughter, and oh. then there's like, there's like, oh no, it's this other person, and there's all this drama about it, but I think it's, I think that's from a mod, I don't think that's actually part of the base story, um, but there's just sort of this, he's basically not super engaged with his family. Gotcha. And, um... So, yeah, so his spouse is the green-haired one, Caroline. Okay. And his daughter is the purple-haired one who eats amethysts. Um, whose <laughs> name I remember half the time, Abigail. Yeah. Yeah. And where are we putting him? Oh, C. Maybe D. T? Okay. Oh, let's do D. Let's put him next to Morris. I like him about as much as I like Morris. It's like <laughs> the only two places to buy stuff in town, but I don't like either of them. Okay, and then the next person is Robin, and I only know that because that's her name, but I would have named her something similar, like Robin or Nancy. Um, and she's just, like, super sweet, into nature, likes going for walks, just, like, very chill vibes. Um, you know, goes for runs in the morning, is just, like, that very productive, nice person who seems to have their stuff together and just, like, enjoys the simple things. Okay, what do you think she does for work? Um... Why do I feel like she's a pharmacist? Interesting. Um, she is not a pharmacist. Okay. Um, she is actually the town, um, what's the word? It's more than just woodworking. Um, Masonry? She's carpentry. essentially, she's, she's like, yeah, beyond carpentry, she's, I mean, it, it's very carp carpentry focused, but she's basically the person in town that builds stuff. Like, she's the contractor. Okay. She builds houses, she builds silos, she builds wells. Gotcha. Like, she'll put the shipping bin on your place. Like, if you need a new, a new, 
construct uh, on your farm. She's my favorite now, because now she reminds me of my sister. Oh, I love that. When I first played the game and I first met her, I was like, I want to marry this one. And then I was like, oh, I can't. So then I picked the person who looked the most similar. <laughs> <laughs> so she's married to Demetrius, and her Maru is her stepdaughter. And then there's an, her actual kid is another person we haven't talked about yet. Uh, who do you think her other kid is? Um, I feel like it's um this kid right here. Um, in the blue hoodie. You are wrong, but I love that that was your guess. Yeah, it was either him or Moody Broody over there. It is totally Moody guy. Yeah. Okay. Moody guy. Who I always think his name Sebastian See, or Elliot or whichever. That's the I thing is, it, it it depends on why she's not with her dad. <laughs> it depends on which kid it's hers. Because <laughs> like, if it was a bad breakup, it's it's the Moody one, and if it was like amiable, it's the other one. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I don't know if we actually learn about her past relationship, you know, it's pretty, I do it's pretty like, focused on her and Demetrius's relationship. I do enjoy that, that they put that in there, though, that it's a family with two kids from two different spouses. Yeah, I enjoy that, too. And again, this whole game and all of these stories, it was all just Eric Baroni, who's known as Concerned Ape. Like, it's one guy. Did nice. It's so cool. I would also put Robin at the S rank. We could put her next to Demetrius. And Since they're Maru. twins. Since they're twins, um, they really are. Like, they have the same nose and everything. Yep. <laughs> um, this person is Goku. Um, <laughs> but he's a child here. Like, this is like, you know how like the, there's there's the in Dragon Ball there's like the version of him as a kid, and then there's the one of him as yeah. an adult. This is when he's a teenage year, and he was living in a village. Um, between training sessions. Um, and what do you what do you think Goku does for fun? Well, obviously he trains. <laughs> In case there's an invasion from an alien alien people <laughs> um, who you know want to take over Earth, um, and then teaches people how to fly and shoot power balls out of their fingers. <laughs> uh, who do you think his parent is? Um, well, they're dead because the planet that the Saiyans left on exploded. <laughs> um, but if I had to guess from the list we have here, his dad would be Richard, the knight. Um, and his mom, <sighs> I want to say his mom is, a. Uh... Maria over there. Basically, his parents are both in the D list. <laughs> so, so this is Sam. Okay. Sam likes skateboarding and has a band. Of course he does. Um, and half of Sam's family isn't on your list at all. So we're missing Jody, which is his mom, and Vincent, which is his little brother with the pink hair. Okay. So Kent, who's the veteran, the second to last one in the C list, is his dad. But we only meet him in year two. And they both have sort of that spiky hair. Um, oh yeah, and he's definitely sort of the rebellious teenager. Um, he does want to learn how to fly, but he wants to learn how to fly via skateboard. Like he gets in trouble for riding a skateboard in town a lot, and he like is in a band, and mm -hmm. he enrolls, he enlists his friends to be in his band with him. But, gotcha. You know, that's that's a gentler, a gentler outcome than being enlisted in the military. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's Sam. Sam's, you know, Sam's okay. Let's say B. 
Babe? He's one of the he's one of the dateable characters. I just kind of find yeah. him to be blah. Like meh. Yeah. Nah. I don't need to date you. It's fine. Okay, so we're, I'm I'm really excited about who's next because. Me too. Um, this is Ursula, except instead of being the wicked witch of the waters, she's all um more so like Glenda, the good witch of the north. Um, uh-huh. so this would be like Ursula if she was good. Um, but she's on land yeah. instead of Ariel because Ariel had a happy ever after and she's like, I want that too. So she's really into like marine biology and stuff like that. Um, as well as magic because she's a sea witch. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Um, so this is Sandy and Sandy is in the desert. So okay. her name is no surprise. Who do you think Sandy's best friend is? Um, Sandy's best friend is probably, um, Abigail, because they both have similar hair. It's actually Emily, because they have similar hair. But yes, the, the blue-haired one is the, the one that's friends with Sandy. Oh! So Sandy lives in the desert and, like, loves flowers because there's no, there's not very many flowers in the desert. And, um, is not a marriage candidate, but if she was, you know that that's who I would pick, because... You know, we've got big independent woman vibes going on here, and I love it. I love it for her. Um, so I would say Sandy is probably an A rank just because I wish we had more of her in the game, and we yeah. don't. Yeah, of course. They should have. She's super great. So this this person's name is Brody, by the way. <laughs> but it's pronounced. It's 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 Brody, but when he's like walking around, he's um, Moody Brody. So yes. That's Moody Broody. Um, but, like, Moody Broody's really cool, but doesn't try to be. <laughs> um, that's just the way he is. And I feel like he's a very enjoyable person, but just, like, has had a really shit life. Um, but, like, really socially awkward. He's, like, really socially awkward, really quiet, but, like, really nice. Writes poetry, really into art. Um, doesn't like sports too much, um, but is a night owl. Yeah, um, and he like might be a klepto- kleptomaniac, but like only because he was peer pressured. <laughs> so this is one of the ones whose names I always mix up. Um, this is Sebastian. Okay. And Which like Sebastian I see it. Is a software engineer. Okay. And works from home. Okay. And Sebastian is part of the uh, Robin Demetrius Maru blended mixed race family oh okay and he smokes cigarettes and rides a motorcycle and uh works for a startup tech company online and i i sort of imagine that if if eric Baroni was written into the game this might be the person that is eric yeah the creator uh, and also loves tabletop games which you know the 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 person who made this game lives in seattle and also Wizards of the Coast is based out of Seattle. Mm-hmm. So it's like tabletop games and software engineering is all very Seattle things to be doing yeah. with your time. And so this game is very that, which I love for us. Yes. So um, there is a scene where you get to go on a motorcycle ride with uh, with Sebastian if you're lucky. Nice. And, um, you know, if you like emo, if you want an emo spouse, you can have an emo spouse. Nice. So I would say either A or S. It's it's up to you. You have to work hard to to woo him because you can't. He's almost always in his room, and you can't get into his room until you're two hearts with him. Yeah. So you have to like 
catch him on a rare Friday when he's at the bar to befriend him. Um, but you also get to play a mini tabletop game in Stardew Valley once you become close enough friends. Nice. Him. And you get to play it with him and Sam, and I forget who the third character is. It might be, uh, might be Abigail, the purple-haired one. Gotcha. I don't remember. Um, yeah. So this is definitely... He also, gets, he also gets, like, wrangled into the band as the drummer nice. with Sam. That would be the person who I'd probably actually date in real life. Just like knowing nice. my knowing my date record, that's who I'd be dating. Um, this is this is Steven with a PH. <laughs> um, so it's actually Stefan, but everybody screws it up, so he just it just takes Steven, but like it's actually Stefan. Um, but that's because of his parents' choices. Um, and um, he's just like your regular like popular high school kid, but like the one that's popular because they're just genuinely nice to everybody, um, like sports and like is class president, that kind of kid. Hmm. Okay. The person who likes, I mean, Alex is the one who likes sports. The person who's probably class president, I don't know, might also be either Alex or Sam, but this person is Shane. Shane is the other, the other person dealing with alcoholism in the game. Aww. And, um, as far as I can tell, Shane works at Joja and has sort of a shitty job and, like, befriends you with, like, frozen pizzas and likes beer and has a whole whole story arc. Um, if you become close enough friends with Shane, you unlock the ability to have blue chickens, which is really cool. So Shane lives with uh, Marnie, who's the, the woman who adopts all the strays. And um, so Shane goes from working a shitty job to eventually, like... Uh, having some more self-esteem and like having a hobby that's not just drinking his feelings Aww. away and um, he like starts growing like reading like specialty chickens and like just does that's cute, cute. Stuff and, like quits drinking and like tries to turn his life around and goes to therapy it's great I so, love this you know when I first met Shade I was like oh I don't want to marry that guy he's that's that's trouble I see that trouble from a mile away but he actually has a really cool character development you know it, it takes him a while it's a struggle but he gets there and I love that for him me too um just because like my own need for wholesomeness and not the struggles of alcoholism I would not put him at S or A rank just because I don't I don't want to date him it's mm -hmm. just I don't I don't need a project like yeah. I want someone who's a whole complete person not a project so yeah I would say B B okay but, but like definitely a good story worth worth experiencing if you have the time okay um this is John John is John is um a hunter lives in the woods comes in for food every once in a while. Um, or he is homeless, either or. Um, either way, it's like kind of a sad, lonely life that he doesn't deserve. Because he's way too nice. And he has a dog. He definitely has a dog. Aww. Aww. I wish he had a dog. Now he does in my, now he does in my brain. Um, this is Willie. Willie is the town fisherman. Okay. Um, so he does sort of have the, the hunting... Yeah, uh, being a, being alone a lot vibe, but it's like being alone either on a boat or like on a pier throwing a line into the water. Yeah. Um, so instead of hunting on land, he hunts in the sea. Yeah. And he's just sort of you know crusty old angler guy, and um, he will he wants to teach anyone who's willing to learn how to fish. That's like his mm -hmm. thing. He wants to pass down the art of fishing, and. Um, with the new Stardew 1.5 update, once you finish the community center, you actually 
uh, have an opportunity to unlock an entire new map and area to go visit mm -hmm. uh, by interacting with this character. Okay. And so, you know, I won't get too much into that because I don't want to spoil it for you, but it is it is very fun and worth doing. Nice. I love the new the new map they just came out with, and that's a free update, which just was so cool. Sweet. So where would we put him at? Um. I really like the wholesomeness of his character. Mm -hmm. um, I would say either A or B. I know those categories are kind of big, but... That um, should be the way know. it is. <laughs> yeah. B or A, what do you feel more for? Let's go with, with B so we can put the next character in A and it looks even. Okay. <laughs> um, so this person's next name is Bill, which... Um, you would think would be short for William, but it's actually short for Billum, like Billiam, which nice. is spelled like William, but with a B, um, which yeah. he doesn't tell anybody. He just says his name's Bill because um, he's embarrassed that his pa his parents gave him a hipster name um, <laughs> because he is a rancher um, and like he's like gun shooting, like from Texas, but not um, with, you know, the problematic attitudes that come with some people in Texas. Um, he's one of those people who, like, is from Houston, which is, like, super nice and super chill. And, like, you know, as long as you ain't bugging some, but nobody, it don't bother me none. That's the type of person he is. Um, but as long as you're, like, passionate about horses, you can basically talk him for eight days. Straight. Nice. That's who he is. <laughs> <laughs> What's his real name? <laughs> His real name is Wizard, and I wish it was Billion, because that's even better. <laughs> um, ooh, right and look, right and things. Um, so, so his name is Wizard. He's the uh, alleged, secretly, actually parent of the purple-haired person Abigail, and I think that's again that's from the expanded mod version. Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, I still haven't ever seen that cutscene, but um, he has this whole. So he's he's the other town cryptid you you get to meet him a lot sooner he's the one that gives you the power to talk to the fairies in the game the fairies are called junimo okay um and he's like got a spell book and does all the arcane symbols and like oh he is straight up wizard arcane stuff yeah he is a straight up wizard like he basically doesn't leave his wizard tower and on special events that happen like there's there's like two holidays per season and mm -hmm. so for those holidays, he, like, maybe vaguely sort of floats around on the outskirts. Okay. But he's never he's never in the thick of it. He's never in the middle interacting with everybody. He's either observing from afar okay. or, you know, sort of tucked away. And he's got this whole bit with his, his ex-wife, the witch, who's actually a witch, and will do occasional cameos in the game uh, if you have great or terrible luck depending on how you view that um okay and uh yeah so he like is bad at relationships and sort of special interest is magic actual magic so and you already said I you want to give him an a pretty cool yeah i think he's a pretty cool character okay so what we're gonna do quickly is we're gonna save this and this will be available again um on our um discord page so anybody who wants to see it will be able to see it uh, at any time. There was apparently quite a few people missing on this list. Um, 
I wish for those of you who are listening in at word. Jody, Vincent, Jazz, Leo, Gus, Birdie, Henchman, Marlin, Professor Snail, and Junimo. Um, but I feel like it was an overall good list, and I am very proud of myself for guessing as many as I did. Um, fairly accurate. Which, to me, is honestly just a sign that the person who made this put a lot of, like, a love, attention, and detail into his characters to make them represent, um, you know, the characters so much in the character design. Um, that being said, uh, we have hit the two-hour mark, so is there anything else you would like to say before we go um, into a brief break while we transition from... Uh, the podcast over to our um game time sure i'll just sort of briefly say some of the things i've already said if anyone's joined us uh and hasn't heard the beginning so my name is jenner meowster i use they them pronouns it's been really lovely being here on the show with you all today and getting to spend some time with queen city q's community um i have a comfy cozy wholesome non-binary and neurodivergent friendly community um, that hangs out and is really sweet and aggressively wholesome. Um, we both have a Twitch stream and a very active Discord server. So if you are interested in being together on stream or being together in Discord, um, I've dropped my link tree there for those listening later. It's, it's https colon slash slash link tr dot ee forward slash gender meowster. Um, I am a full-time Twitch streamer. This is this is my job, my profession, um, and it's really lovely to hang out and do things. My my podcast is called Genderful. It is a talk show um, where we talk to non-binary and trans people about their lives, and we actually have a pretty robust Pride lineup for this upcoming month. Um, and I'll be posting that schedule on my socials in the next day or two. Um, but one guest who is not trans or non-binary, who I'm very excited to have, is my mom. Aww. In the middle of June. And we're going to talk about what it's like being a parent of a trans person. I love that. Um, yeah, because that's a, a topic that keeps coming up. And I would love to um, just share about that with with folks. So, For sure. Very exciting. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. So what we're going to do now is we are going to... Um, and the uh, stream temporarily as we switch to our beer back. We're going to take a quick little break. We'll be back in probably like 5, 10-ish minutes, um, but everybody do your stretches, uh, go to the water closet if you need to, get your drinks, um, but for those of you who are leaving us now, as always, I want you to remember that you are valid, you're valuable, and you are so very loved, and we hope to see you around. <laughs> 